In this episode of My Cat's Tale, let's meet Moe, the blind cat. She said, you know, we've got this one-year-old blind Persian, and she said, just come and see her. I had this perception that blind cats just sit in a corner and can't do anything. I mean, after a rough start, she lives the life of a diva princess. I do spoil her rotten, but that's what I'm here to do. Just a heads up, we do talk about how Moe lost her sight. If you want to skip over that part, it's between four minutes and seven minutes in the podcast. So joining me now on My Cat's Tale, Emily and Moe. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you. It's fantastic to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself, first of all. Well, my name's Emily Schotter, and I'm from Nottingham in the UK, but I'm currently living out in Oman in the Middle East, where I've been for the last 14 years. I absolutely love it here. The weather's hot and sunny, which is pretty much why I love it so much. Um, I work for a telecoms company in corporate communications, and I am a huge cat lover. Uh, how many cats now? I have four cats. <laughs> well, as we said at the top there, we're going to talk about Moi, but we don't want to feel the others to feel left out, do we? So who do you have there around you? Okay, well, I have Luna, who was actually my first adopted cat in Oman, although I have had a rescue cats before. Then there's Moe, who came next. And then Koro, who arrived about a year and a half ago. And most recently, Shandon, who is also another blind cat that I adopted from California in the US about three months ago. So we're here to talk about Moe, who's popped up uh, online over, I say popped up online, how many years is it now? I think I put her on Twitter, first of all, in 2015. So she's had a good life online and she's having a great life just now. I think we should just start there. Moe is a gorgeous cat, uh, loved and having great adventures. Absolutely. She's a very, very happy cat. I mean, after a rough start, she lives... Lives the life of a diva princess, really. She wants for nothing. I do spoil her rotten, but that's what I'm here to do. She's very adventurous, very sweet-natured. She's not an outdoor adventure cat, but she, she's adventurous indoors. And she really lives life to the max, and she's very demanding, too. <laughs> very sassy. <laughs> As princesses are this lovely white Persian ball of love, isn't she? She is absolutely beautiful. I mean, I'm biased, of course, but I believe she's absolutely beautiful. She's very appealing to look at. How does she get on with the other cats? You know, with four cats, sometimes everybody gets together and sometimes they all just have their own space. Yeah, they're actually all very different personalities. They're not super snuggly cats. So you see a lot of cats online that, you know, cuddle up together, sleep together. None of that with mine. They all like their own space and independence. She gets on fine with the other cats, except Shandon, who is still quite new. So they're kind of still settling in, really. But uh, she's probably closest to Luna. But still, there's always a little swatting here and there, a little hissing here and there. But I think Luna and her vie for the top spot. I think they both think they're the queen of the house. So <laughs> I have to rein them in a bit sometimes. So I want to go back to, I wanted to start there because Moe had such a tough first year or two of her life like yes she did yeah be before you found her i mean you, you she the story's written online but you just want to set the scene tell us what moe's first few months were like right so 
I just have to start by saying that in Oman there is no animal welfare legislation, which means that there is nothing, no charities, uh, no regulation in pet shops, things like that. And Moe was born to probably an unregulated backyard breeder of some kind and taken to one of the pet shops. They are awful places here. They really are. The cats are kept in cramped conditions in wire floor cages. So their paws are very uncomfortable on the floors. They have very little food and water. They have no beds, no toys, nothing except for a litter tray, usually, um, if they're lucky, a little bit of water. And it's a horrible life. They really receive no care and no medical attention. They're not vaccinated or anything like that. So she was in a pet shop cage and she obviously got cat flu from one of the other kittens, um, possibly one of her litter mates or another cat in the pet shop. And I guess slowly the others were adopted out and because she was sick, she was left there for a long time. With untreated cat flu, basically not only do they get very sick, but it affects their eyesight and they can go blind which is probably what happened to Moe. But she was in that cage for 11 months before finally somebody got her out of there. And it was actually an animal rescuer who did get her out of there. And she was in a very bad state. She was basically just being left to die. Uh, she was actually lucky that she wasn't put out on the streets because a lot of these places, when they have sick cats, they don't want to pay for euthanizing them or treating them. They just put them out on the streets and they're then left to die in horrible circumstances. So you could say she was lucky that she was pulled out of there, although she had such a horrible start. Um, she's such a happy cat, though. She has always been sweet-natured, and she was taken to a local vet's called Alcor and Veterinary Clinic, who do loads and loads of work for stray animals and needy animals here. They do amazing stuff. And they actually treated Moe for free, they nursed her back to health. They removed her eyes because they tend to rupture and sort of blow out. And it's kinder for them to remove the eyes than to keep them because they can be a source of infection, but also a source of headaches and discomfort. So she she had what's called a full enucleation. Uh, and after that, has been totally happy. Um, and I first met her very soon after she'd had her surgery. Uh, with She still had stitches in her eyes. But she was just the sweetest little thing. She really was. So w w did you go in looking for a cat or had somebody said, you should come and have a look at this cat? Well, actually, I was, I'd was i already adopted Luna from the vets, uh, the yeah. same vets that rescued Moe. And I wanted a companion for her, but I was actually looking for a kitten. And they knew I was a very responsible owner. I'd owned cats my whole life. They could see how well Luna was doing and how well I cared for her. And the clinic owner did say to me a couple of times, well, we have a one-year-old blind Persian. Would you like to have her? And I remember thinking, no, that's got to be really hard work. I definitely don't want a blind cat. And also she's one. I want a kitten. And the appropriate kitten never turned up, if you like. So... Again, she said, you know, we've got this one-year-old blind Persian and I was just shopping for supplies. And she said, just come and see her. I said, okay, dumped my supplies on the counter, went into the room. And there she was with the stitches in her eyes and a cone collar on to stop her getting at the stitches. And she was walking around the room. And I think that was the first thing that really surprised me. I had this perception that blind cats just sit in a corner and can't do anything. And I'm sure a lot of people do wonder, you know, how do blind cats manage? She was walking around the room confidently. She knew where she was. I sat down next to her 
I gave her a little stroke and she purred and purred and, and then rolled over for a belly rub. And I think that was it. That was the moment I was totally sold. It's like, this, this is such a sweet cat. Uh, and I sat with her for 15 minutes, walked out of the room and said, yep, I'll take her. <laughs> that was that. So I, did, did you take Moy home straight away or do you have to, I mean, a, your, your home would already have been cat ready, as it were, with Luna as much as any home can be cat ready. Did you have to like any make any special accommodations before Moe came home? Well, she was in the clinic for a little while longer to fully get her health back okay. because she was still having medication and stuff at that time. So I think I took her home about three or four days after that visit. And I did go home and I was living in an apartment at the time. So everything was fairly safe. So it wasn't an issue. Um, and I guess I was just get an extra litter box, get an extra set of feeding bowls. And I did a little bit of research online that said, don't move furniture around because blind cats actually make a mental map of their surroundings. So as they get used to a place and they start to explore, things kind of need to be left in the same place. And you don't leave things lying around on the floor. Otherwise, they bump into them. Um, but really, there was very little adaptation I had to do with that first flat. But when I moved into the house that I'm in currently, which is on three floors and also has a small outside garden, that required a lot of work. And basically I've had to kind of safe proof, you know, make it really safe. So I've enclosed my garden fully, so nothing can get in, nothing can get out. I've actually enclosed all of my stairwell, so she can't fall through the banisters at any point. Um, I've carpeted the stairs, which were marble in case she trips and, you know, not, not that she's likely to, but if she did stumble, it's more comfortable for her. So I've done a lot of little things like that to make sure that she is very safe. But honestly, apart from that, it's really like having a normal cat. I, I, I did some reading up as well because I find it a fascinating subject that they have sent on their paws to help them find where they are in the house. Yes, and they use their whiskers. But what's amazing to me is she runs around playing with things. You know, she tears around the place, she jumps on the sofa, she knows how to climb onto the table. And so obviously that's not scent-based. Some of it is to lay their scent down and get familiar with their new surroundings. But she just seems to know where everything is. Now, I have people that come around, they, they say to me, are you sure she's blind? I'm like, well, yes, she's got no <laughs> eyes. Of course she's blind. But that's how impressive it is to watch, if you like, um, and, and just see how well she navigates and plays and runs around like a normal cat does. So obviously toys are going to have to be very sound-based. You'd be that? surprised. You'd be surprised. Really? She actually hates, she hates toys that make a lot of sound. They, they seem to irritate her. And I wonder if that's because when cats lose their sight, their hearing gets a lot more sensitive. Ah. So perhaps noisy toys are a bit too much for them. She actually likes little kind of foamy crinkle balls that don't really make too much sound, but she loves to run around, pick them up in her mouth. But she likes wand toys as well. And she tends to drag those around. Um, and she actually drags them up to bed at night for me to play with her as well, <laughs> which is very sweet. But yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, not all not all blind cats do like things that make noise. That said, if I drop her a sweet wrapper or something slightly crinkly, she'll go for it, but she won't play with it for very long. I suppose a lot of that's going to be you know, having to investigate what it is by touch. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. It's like, oh, that sounds interesting. I need to go and check that out. As opposed to that looks interesting, which you would have from <laughs> no any problem. other cat. Ah, 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talk about how to introduce two cats to each other, different rooms and, and scents and everything. Is it different with a blind cat? Or is it still because it's all scent-based in between two rooms? Or Actually, I guess the scent-based thing becomes more important. I do the same thing. So I separate them to begin with and I start swapping beds over and then I have a cat gate across the room when a new cat comes in so that they can, well, normally see each other, but in this case, smell each other um, and for the sighted cats, see each other. But I think it takes a little bit longer with certain blind cats. Some bond very quickly and others don't. Um, with Shandon, my latest, it did take a long time for her to integrate with the others, much longer than the others. So about two months, she was separate, more or less, all the time. Obviously, in the, the last couple of weeks before I let her out fully, she was out during the day and then in her room at night. But it is very similar, yes, because it is scent-based. And the other thing I've done really for Moe, because Moe feels the most threatened. Shandy's very, Shandon, I call her Shandy. She's very confident, um, is have collars with bells on for all the other cats so that Moe knows where they are. And each bell has a very slightly different tone so she knows which cat is where. And that really helps her. I mean, when Shandon came on, was that I am getting another blind cat or is it again a sort of we have this cat and you have to consider because you said she came from America. Yes, it was a complete accident, actually. Someone on Twitter tagged Moe's account um, because the shelter had actually posted her up for adoption and said, this cat looks just like Moe the blind cat. So I went onto the site and had a look. And when I saw the picture, I think my heart just skipped a beat because she did just look like Moe. I mean, there are quite stark differences to me between the two but a lot of people online still can't tell them apart but I just had to investigate I wasn't intending to get another cat I thought no three's enough I don't need a fourth you know <laughs> but there was just something calling me so I made some initial inquiries and they said they'd had her for quite a long time and they'd had lots of people interested in adopting her but nobody suitable had come along and when I filled out the adoption papers, I realised why, because they wanted really, really comprehensive information about your work, your life, your house. They wanted pictures of your house. They asked questions about feeding, about declawing, I mean, so many things. It was really comprehensive. So there was a lot of work that actually went into the application and I was approved. And then the work started because Oman is the other side of the world from California, quite literally. So, I mean, it was going to be an expensive thing to do to bring her all the way. Because for a blind cat, you want them to travel in the cabin. There aren't many airlines that do that. Mm -hmm. And our vet said, well, you know, we can arrange it all, but it's going to cost. Uh, so I looked into it. And actually, I wasn't going to crowdfund, but I was going to try and see if I could wait and save for it and everything. But people on Twitter were very encouraging and they said, look, crowdfund for it. We'll support you. We want you to have her. So I did. And I actually raised the money in eight days. I was really surprised by the response. Because Moe has this life online as well. Yes. I think I started on Twitter because I thought, well, she's cute. I'm sure people would like to see her and enjoy her as well. And it really took off quickly. She started to grow really fast on Twitter. And it was that growth that really spurred me to put her on Instagram. 
And in hindsight, I wish I'd started her on Instagram a lot sooner because I think she would have grown a lot faster. I mean, these days, you know, the internet is saturated with cats, but, and Moe's account actually grows very slowly by comparison to some, especially when I feel like she's very unique and, you know, is very appealing. But so I got her on Instagram um, and it was really at that point when I put her on Instagram that I thought there's got to be a reason behind this. And that reason for me was let's show how amazing blind cats are and and let's see if we can get more adopted from shelters because so many are euthanized in shelters every year. So many special needs or differently able cats, as I like to call them, are euthanized. So it's not just about aren't blind cats amazing. It's about think about getting a slightly different cat. Don't go for the normal looking ones necessarily. Ask about it, do some research. You know, these aren't difficult animals to own, but you can make so much difference to their lives by adopting them. So that was one reason for getting her online. And the other was really to raise awareness of the situation in Oman, because I thought, well, if she can grow and have a a significant online presence, Perhaps at some point when that presence gets big enough, and I actually still don't feel we're there yet, um, pressure could be put onto the Omani government to put in place some animal welfare legislation if she's to use, if she could use her voice to do that. Because it does sound like the difference between uh, adopting Moe, and it's just like there's a cat in the back, and Shandy, which is we've got all of these forms. There's, there's such a difference there. Yeah, there's a huge difference. I mean, I adopted Moe from the vets, and the vets also have their adoption procedures. Um, but because I was known to the vets as well, I think that yeah. makes a difference. So, yeah, I mean, the volunteer group that I'm part of and the vets here, they do have sort of adoption forms, not as comprehensive. Um, but on the other hand, there is a lot of churn in Oman with expats, and a lot of expats come in, they adopt animals and leave, and then they don't take their animals with them. So, you know, you could say maybe we need to be more strict about who adopts, but then there would be so many more cats that don't have homes. So what we encourage is people to foster if they can't adopt. But we do also encourage, as a volunteer group, certainly we encourage people to be responsible and not to adopt and take on an animal if they don't think they're going to be able to afford to take it with them because it's actually very expensive. If I had to repatriate to the UK, you're looking at, probably one and a half thousand pounds per cat to repatriate them with all the paperwork. So Moe's already helping out with that volunteer group through her online presence. Yes, absolutely. So Moe has an online store with Moe merchandise and we produce a calendar every year and I've got a little book out and I'm actually in the process of putting together a little short story book as well. So everything we sell um, is donated to that volunteer group all the profits are donated. And I also do a lot of other stuff to donate items to sell and try and help to raise funds. And I've done crowdfunding for them before. So yeah, that's our role. And that's why Moe is kind of online to kind of do that and, you know, make a difference there. So it's sort of be this champion for other cats. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And to raise awareness of you know, this is what's happening here. We need more people to get involved and we need more cat lovers to get involved. And, you know, let's let's use her voice and her image for good, basically. And it's a lovely image. It's this huge, massive cheeks. It's just, there is something about the missing eyes 
with the huge cheeks that just creates this it's almost like this adorable cartoon you would have seen from Fleischer back in the 30s and 40s. Yes, absolutely. Or Corin from Dragon Ball. She often gets likened to the, to Corin as well. Yes, but one yes, for the kids there. Of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say she does look like a stuffed toy in some pictures. Um, and she is, that's what I say, she's got a very appealing face, which is kind of why I'm surprised she hasn't kind of really gone viral, if you like. Um, I know compared to some, it might seem like she has, but compared to other accounts and things online you know it's like surely there's there are more people have got to see this cuteness that i can see uh well you know we have a cat still here so hopefully some more people can go and f- find that they very briefly then while we're there what's the url for her site it's uh, at moe blind cat so all of her channels so twitter instagram tiktok facebook they're all moe blind cat so easy enough to find on all the networks yeah. And of course, Moi won't really be aware of any of this. It's just, there's crinkly things, I run around the house, I don't hit things. Absolutely. Although she does sometimes get visitors and it did get to the point where I was getting quite a few visitors wanting to come and meet her. And every time the doorbell rang, she would come and sit on the stairs by the door as if to say, okay, it's for me. Oh, so maybe maybe she does know just a little bit about maybe a what's little going bit, yeah. on. Uh, and of course, four cats there. Busy life, happy life for all of them as well. Oh, absolutely. I think a happy life for me, really. I, I feel like I'm the lucky one sometimes to be her owner and her mum. And what a wonderful cat and a wonderful job's done for all of them. Emily, thanks very much for coming on the show. You're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely. Thank you for telling us all about Moi and her cat's tail. We'll have more of those uh, coming up. So do make sure to follow the podcast and once more follow Moe Blind Cat on all your social media usual places. Emily, thanks again. Thank you. You've been listening to My Cat's Tale, a Spence Media production. Listen to more tales of our perfect pets at mycatstailpod.com and support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm.